This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and coming up, it's a look at the real estate market in Greater Vancouver with our friend John Carlson. You know him as Johnny Smartpoint. He's in the trenches, so he sees firsthand how the market is looking these days. First up, though, some of the consumer news from the past week. Parking is getting expensive in the Lower Mainland, I don't have to tell you, but this might be a record. Philip Postrahovsky parked at Vancouver City Square Shopping Centre a couple of Saturdays ago. Uh, City Square is right across the street from City Hall on Camby at West 12th. He was there with his kids to pick up some groceries, didn't stay long, and he thought that was it. But a few days later, he got a bill in the mail from the parking lot company, Precise Parklink, saying he owed $2,904.84. The company claims he damaged the parking gate and was on the hook for the repairs. Post Rahofsky told the Daily Hive website that he was in line to get into the lot, but the gate wouldn't go up. He couldn't back up because there were other cars behind him. Uh, also trying to get in the parking lot. His kids were in the car. He says one of them was desperate to get to a bathroom. There was no attendant on duty, so he got out of his car and tried to lift the arm of the gate himself, but couldn't. Finally, he says a security guard showed up and manually overrode the system and let everybody in. He thought that was it. But now he says the parking company has given him 20 days to pay the nearly three grand or it will go to a collection agency. Post Rahofsky says the letter claims that the $3,000 is to replace the entire gate arm, which they say he vandalized. He told the Daily Hive he's never vandalized anything in his life and he'll go to the BC Human Rights Tribunal if he has to. And remember when your mother would say, don't let the bed bugs bite? It's getting harder to keep that from happening here in Vancouver because this city has just been named the second worst city in Canada when it comes to bed bugs. According to the pest control company Orkin Canada, Vancouver had the second highest number of commercial and residential bed bug treatments in 2022, up from third place in 2021, taking the number one spot, you might have guessed it, Toronto for the third year in a row. We've been talking on the show about Canada's efforts to regulate the big, mainly American streaming companies like Netflix, Disney Plus, and Spotify, and among other things, force them to support and include some Canadian-produced content among the shows and content that they offer here in this country. The streaming companies are not happy about it, and a coalition made up of American high-tech companies is urging U.S. President Joe Biden to take a hard line against what uh, the Canadian federal government is attempting to do, especially since he just paid a visit to Prime Minister Trudeau in Ottawa at the end of this past week. The group says the proposed new rules unfairly target American companies. They also warn that the two controversial federal bills, the Online Streaming Act and the Online News Act, could violate the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. And I'm sure you've experienced how expensive it is to eat when you're at a game or a concert. And BC Place says they want to give fans a break. The arena has launched a pilot project offering a new, more affordable menu but it will only be available at one vendor. 
at the Dome. It says the $5 menu features fan-favorite concession items, including hot dogs, nachos, popcorn, and beer. BC Place says limited releases may also appear on the menu throughout the year at Dawson's Hot Dog Stands. That's in sections 201 and 227 of the Dome. The GM, Chris May, says he knows buying a ticket to a game or concert at the stadium can be a big financial commitment for some people, and this will ensure there is something to eat for everyone. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and coming up, we'll check in with John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny Smart Point, as we find out what's happening in the world of Vancouver real estate. He's next. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. Spring is officially here, showed up on Monday. And the big question is, what will the real estate market be like this spring of 2023? Because spring is traditionally a busy time for people buying and selling houses. And the answer is, well, it depends on who you talk to. Some Canadian realtors were talking this week, and they say they are expecting home sales to heat up this spring, especially now that the Bank of Canada appears to have eased up on interest rates and uh, the hikes are uh, perhaps a thing of the past for a while. People are getting used to them. And if there is a spring surge in the real estate market, is it going to last? Maybe uh, this is a good time to get into the market if you're thinking of selling a property. And to help us with these questions, our man on the ground in the trenches of the Vancouver real estate market for more than 25 years, he sold more than a thousand properties in all the different areas of the Lower Mainland. He is, of course, our friend John Carlson of 2% Realty, a.k.a. Johnny Smartpoint. His website is johnnysmartpoint.com. His phone number is 604-612-0080. And John Carlson is with us now. Hi, John. How are you doing? Hey, Martin. I'm doing great. Good to be back here in the, the, the spring and the spring weather. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I think when the when the clocks change... Everything changes, and uh, it seems like we've really uh, entered into a new season, and uh, 2023 has a lot of questions. And I, w- I was reading a lot this past week about the market pretty much across Canada. There were a lot of stories about the real estate market overall in Canada, and they talked to a lot of realtors, and the sense that I got was this kind of guarded optimism about what the market is going to be like this spring because spring is traditionally a very busy market. uh, And a lot of people are wondering, is it going to be really slow? Um, But I think inventory is the big question. There aren't a lot of properties out there, are there? You know, you hit it on the head again, Martin, Um, you know, real estate being a supply and demand business that we've talked about many, many times. We're seeing the the demand is actually starting to pick up after a few slow months. Let's, I mean, let's face it. When when last year kind of went out, it was the end of a of a party. And as this year began, the uptake was kind of slow. Our sales numbers for the, you know, in terms of ten year averages for January and February and the first half of March, you know, we're about what forty percent under the ten year averages. So the uptake of listing in terms of buyers was kind of slow. But balancing that off, Martin, was the fact that you know we were seeing near record lows of 
listings hitting the market. So we had a little bit of a pause, I think, after, you know, what happened last year and all the adjustments. And now that we're into the spring market, you know, I'm noticing a definitely noticing a shift in terms of the number of calls coming in. Uh, people saying, hey, we're getting ready to put our house on the market. So, you know, I, you're right. It's a turning point. The spring market is always an energized market. And we're starting to see the first uh, effects of that spring market now. And it seems we're coming off uh, just a crazy market in the, the COVID market. The prices were ridiculous. And, and, and it was one of those things where it was bidding wars and it was, it's just so hard to, to buy a property uh, and prices were, were crazy. So, so that wasn't really realistic to expect that to last forever. But now that we're into this market, a lot of people are talking, oh, the real estate market is slowing down. But it's important to remember what we were just talking about, inventory. There aren't a lot of things out there. But as as the spring market kind of starts to get its, you know, you know, get its mojo going. Yeah. Uh, do you think that this might be a case where things are going to be a little bit slow for the next few years, but this spring market might be a little sweet spot if you're looking to buy a property? Do you think that might be the case? Well, I definitely uh, think that there's a sweet spot here, you know, on us right now and maybe for the next two or three months. Uh, I, I don't know if the market will be slow per se, you know, and going forward. In fact, the real estate industry in greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valleys has proven itself to be extremely resistant. If we look uh, resilient, if we look back to 2007 and 2008 and the financial crisis or some of these other changes, we, we had a little bit of a pause and a slowdown. And I think that's what we've seen, you know, at the end of last year and the beginning of this year. You know, it was inevitable. I think the market needs to find its feet again. But all the signs are right now is that buyers are returning, you know, to, to the market. Interest rates have changed. So the purchasing power is a little bit different. And the buyer motivation is, you know, is a little bit different. That fear of missing out isn't like it was in the heyday of the market. So, again, the, the market is finding its feet. And I think that right now, sellers, they're, you know, if you if you look out there, some of your neighbors, it, it it's an interesting situation. I've been meeting with a lot of people lately and they say, hey, you know what? Uh, this neighbor listed their property and I already see a sold sign on it. My neighbor told me they got more than one offer and, and there are multiple offer situations happening on some properties. Other listings, they'll say that one's been on the market for six months and, you know, it's just sitting there. And, and what that reflects, Martin, I think, is the fact that the, the buyers are returning to the market. Interest rates have changed their purchasing decisions. They have to be a little bit more selective and more careful. And it's kind of like the, the tale of two cities or the haves and the have nots where you've got the listings that are attractive, they're priced for today's market and they're getting the action, whereas an unattractive listing that maybe is not priced accordingly will just sit because buyers can, to some degree, afford to wait and be patient. So I'm anticipating that now that we're getting towards the end of March, that the spring market is is hitting. We're going to see April, May, big listing months, relatively speaking, and we're going to see the buyers return. So as long as there's not a whole lot of competition, if you're, if you're a, say, a house in Surrey in a good location near the schools and transit and all those sorts of things in a nice yard, a uh, house that's in the affordable market, let's call it around a million dollar range, you are going to do extremely well. This is just one example on the market because right now the current inventory is very, very limited and there are buyers looking for those type of properties. So you know, if I were a seller, um, I would seriously consider, you know, being on the market in the next couple of months. And that's, these are the kind of conversations I'm having with with people who are looking at 2023 thinking, OK, what what is it that's going to make sense for us in terms of, you know, maybe selling the house that we're in now and, you know, moving to our next property or whatever it might be. So I think that, yes, you're right. We're in a situation now where, you know, uh, 
things are coming to life and there's not a lot of competition and the fewer listings you have to comp uh, compete with from a seller's point of view, the better chances uh, you have of getting a good offer. And I think that's uh, some evidence there, you know, talking about pricing uh, of a property, making sure you're not, you know, you're stuck in, in the past and asking, you know, last year's prices and you're not starting too high. And that's an example of why you need uh, a real estate professional on your side who understands the market. And uh, we're talking to John Carlson. Uh, you know him as Johnny Smartpoint. You can find him online at johnnysmartpoint.com. You can also give him a call at 604-612-0080. And uh, John has sold uh, many, many properties over the many years that he's been in this business. And uh, he understands the different... Uh, you know, the nooks and crannies that the real estate market can take. And you just mentioned Surrey being a, a particular hotspot and, and you work right across the lower mainland. You don't like concentrate on one specific area. You kind of pride yourself on the fact that you, you understand the whole lower mainland. Well, do you know what I found, Martin? And, and thanks for bringing that up. When I started back in 1996, uh, I, I lived and worked mainly in Maple Ridge and, uh, you know, got used to that market. And that was a great place to, you know, to get started in the business because, uh, uh, you know, right after Surrey, it was the largest growing community at the time in British Columbia. And, you know, uh, that that market served me very, very well. But as I carried on through my business and gained more and more clients and and past clients who would call me to make, you know, further moves second and third time over, I found that, you know, people were leading me into Mission, into Coquitlam, into Burnaby and Vancouver. And over the, you know, what, 26 years now or more that I've been that I've been doing this, my clients have kind of led the way for me to work in all these other areas. And the interesting thing today is, you know, when you have experience in these markets, working at them and you have the tools to gather all the information in terms of listings and sales and trends, it's not overly difficult to be able to have a grasp on many of these areas, you know, in the city hall, you know, the records online that can be gathered. So, you know, it's a new day. It's a new age. And, um, you know, especially with, you know, all the years that are starting to add up in my career, I find that I'm very comfortable working throughout the Fraser Valley in Greater Vancouver. And if you look at my sales record over the last five or 10 years, you'll see that, you know, I have listings all over the place. And interestingly, I'm seeing a couple of different trends right now, Martin, with, with people who are calling me. Two trends that, that stand out to me personally right now. Uh, I'm getting calls uh, from people who are saying, you know, uh, we've been in British Columbia. We've been in the Lower Mainland for a long time. I think it might be time for us to cash out. We're still we're still looking at uh, you know 90% peak pricing. We've got a lot of equity in our homes and it might be the time for us to maybe move to say the Maritimes for instance. I've I've spoken to a few people looking at moving all the way across the country to where, you know, $300,000 buys you uh, an acreage, so you know, basically. Mm -hmm. And then the other calls I'm getting from sellers are people who say um gee my my variable rate interest uh mortgage used to be $3,000 a month. Now it's over $4,000 a month. And I don't know if I want to be in this property anymore. Or the people whose uh, mortgage, uh, their five-year terms or three-year fixed terms are coming due, and they're doing the math saying, gee, do I even qualify for that? So for every action in the market, uh, for every trend, for every uh, season that we've had, like for instance, the high times and prices going up, there are reactions that take time to work themselves through the market. And and I think that's one of the trends I'm seeing is people are looking at the at the cost of living in greater Vancouver and they're saying, hmm, is this something I want to do any longer uh, or not? So again, for all kinds of reasons, spring is a time that people generally look at putting their house on the market. And I'm really looking forward to 
keeping busy and hearing from some of the listeners out there who want to sell their homes um, as the listing inventory grows and we all have more choices to look at. Yeah, so uh, spring 2023 could be a good time to sell a home. And you mentioned uh, some people who are, are cashing out and uh, it, it might be a good time. So if you are, are thinking of selling a property, give John a call, 604-612-0080. Uh, John's uh, email address is john at johnnysmartpoint.com. And I should mention there's two N's in Johnny, uh, J O H. N-N-Y smartpoint.com. And uh, I guess interest rates obviously have a lot to do with the entire, the entire equation of the real estate market. And I guess, uh, do, do you think that people are kind of getting used to these uh, interest rates that we're seeing right now? Because they're not really that out of the ordinary. They're not above average. They're just above what they were uh, in the past few years. So do you think people are getting used to them? You know, life does go on and, and yes, business goes on, but there's that initial shock and you know, it's again, it's what you're, what you're accustomed to when rates were down. Well, well under 2% for a five-year term, I think 1.59, something like that might've been the lowest I, I saw. As you can imagine in that environment, the market was, was pretty competitive on a buyer side and people were maxing out and just using all that leverage they could to borrow as much as they could to compete against the other buyers in their segment for the, you know, for the few listings that were there. And, and, you know, after that starts to run its course, I think there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of fatigue. You know, the, the fuel of the market is spent to some degree, the people that wanted to buy, wanted to upsize those people had partly worked their way through the system. And so even though interest rates are historically, you know, uh, unspectacular, they're, they're average rates given, you know, uh, other than maybe the last five or 10 years we've been through. So when there is a change like that, I think there's going to be a natural pause. There's going to be an adjustment period. And then, you know, life goes on. But you always have to remember that, um, you know, market prices are not determined by sellers. Sellers can ask whatever they want for a property. But true market values are always determined by the buyers. What are the buyers willing and able to pay? And we're just in a new environment now. So it's something to, to put on, uh, you know, to put at the forefront of your mind when you're thinking of uh, pricing a property. John Carlson is our guest, Johnny Smartpoint. You can find him online at johnnysmartpoint.com. Give him a call, 604-612-0080. And when we come back on Vancouver Consumer, more on the real estate market in Vancouver. And if you're thinking of selling, some good advice on how to stage your home, how to how to make sure that you're you're priced well and all the things that uh, John Carlson can provide. And that's when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and we're talking real estate in Vancouver with our friend John Carlson, Johnny Smartpoint, his website, easy to remember johnnysmartpoint.com j o h n n y smartpoint.com you can also give him a call 604-612-0080 john at johnnysmartpoint.com no matter where you are in the lower mainland uh, and we've been talking about uh, the market and how the spring is uh, expected to to heat up a little bit obviously things have changed in the the real estate market but Interest rates seem to have 
kind of settled down. Uh, the Bank of Canada has indicated that they're not going to be raising them anymore for the time being. And uh, we're wondering whether this could be kind of a sweet spot to get into the market. And when we talk to your clients, John, um, the one thing they always say, the, the very first thing they say is that you listen, is that you uh, you don't rush them. And uh, another thing they talk about is how you really know how to sell a home. You know how to stage a home. And uh, I mean, what is what is the process for people? Like say somebody is, is thinking of selling a property right now, because a lot of people are in the in the position where they're thinking, well, maybe I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm retiring. So I want to downsize. I want to kind of cash in on, on the equity in my house. What's the, what's the process when people call you, uh, at 604-612-0080, or they go to johnnysmartpoint.com. Um, I mean, what's the first thing you, you ask them? Well, when, when people generally give me a call, they, you know, they, they like to invite me over for a, for a view. Sometimes people will call and email me some information about their property and ask for a preliminary evaluation. And those are things that I can do, of course. But, you know, things really get interesting when we, when we meet and I get to see the property because it's hard to give good advice to someone unless you understand, you know, what they're trying to accomplish and what they're working with in terms of the property they want to sell. So, you know, generally, generally we meet and, uh, you know, you brought up the idea of staging and getting a house ready for sale. And it's interesting because it occurred to me when you said that, how many people bring that up to me when we meet, maybe for the first time or the second time. And, you know, it is an important part of the process for sure. I mean, I, I remember back to when I was a brand new realtor and I was talking to uh, one of the real experienced guys who'd been around a long time and a top producer who, uh, you know, about the process of helping my clients get their home, their home ready for sale because it does matter. Let's face it, MLS is a visual medium, photos and tours and all these things. So you want to look good and smell good and, and just basically feel good if you're a listing on the market. And I remember asking this fellow some, for some advice and he just looked at me and he said, that's why they polish the apples at Safeway, Johnny. And I just thought, you know, <laughs> that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, like even if they're going to take the time to polish an apple or wax an apple to put it on for sale at Safeway, there's something to that. And that's marketing. So uh, people ask me the question all the time. And I have to remind myself because it seems so basic that, you know, these are these are things that sellers, they don't deal with this every day like I do. And they want to talk about. So oftentimes I'll go through a person's home. Um, you know, just this weekend, I was with a lady that I'm hoping to have listed within a couple of weeks here. Um, and uh, we've been talking for a long, long time. And finally, we're at the stage where she said, okay, I need to do a few things here. What do you think? So we walked through room by room. You know, we started in the kitchen and, and you know, she was already had a very clean, tidy place. But I suggested, you know what, we're going to be competing with some places that, you know, maybe have kitchens that are a little bit bigger than this. So what we want to do is, is maximize the size of the kitchen. So why don't we take that great big toaster oven off of there or your big mix master? And if, if you don't need to use it every day, maybe we put that away. Maybe, you know, we, we add some lighting because we want a place to look bigger or brighter. Or maybe, you know, that extra recliner in your family room is not necessary. It's blocking the access. So I'm always thinking about because I see so many homes and I, you know, my photographers take so many photos of homes and I review those photos and I'm thinking what looks good and what works and what's important and what's not. Uh, so I, I advise people, if you need to store stuff, the garage is a great place for that if you have one. Um, but your main living areas, your kitchen and your living room, you want them bright. You want them looking good. Uh, my theory is, Martin, that you address deficiencies. If you've got stains or bad odors or mold or holes in the walls, obviously these are 
the kind of things that make a buyer look and say, hmm, how well has this property been looked at? And, and if there is a deficiency, you want to attack that deficiency because chances are, you know, that's a good place to put your money. Uh, to fix a problem is generally a good investment when you're getting a place ready for the market. But on the other end of the spectrum, you know, I'll get people that might say, you know, my kitchen cabinets are the brown and I think the white's more in style. Should I, you know, resurface all my kitchen cabinets? Uh, you know, and, and these sorts of things to me, uh, kind of fall under the uh, under the category of, and here's another old saying that I learned when I was new in the business: uh, trying to be the don't try to be the answer to someone's prayers until you know what they're praying for, so to speak. And so, <laughs> oftentimes, I'll say to people, you know, does it really like you don't know what the buyer will want? Some people might assume that carpet's better than laminate, or laminate's better than hardwood, or vice versa. But if your floor is good the way it is in terms of the overall feeling of your home, then chances are you leave it there now. If you've got an older carpet, maybe you've got a large dog or something, and you think, gee, do I, I don't really want to put new carpets in here, even though I kind of need them because, you know, it might take me two or three months to sell and my dog is just going to kind of make it the way it was before. There's ways to deal with that too. I mean, you can maybe get a quote for new carpet and have it included in the purchase price and say, hey, we've got, you know, this grade of carpet and choose your color and this will be included in the purchase price with the deal that we're going to negotiate. So you can kind of head off deficiencies or, or issues without necessarily spending money up front. Um, but you want to be careful not to, I think, try to solve a problem that doesn't exist. So again, it depends on the seller, the financial situation, the timeline. It depends on the property. If a house is perfect in every way, except it's got a piece of bad flooring, then yeah, absolutely. Let's make a change there and bring it all up so it shows like a brand new show home. But if you've been living in your house 25, 30 years and it has a great standard for a home that area, you know, maybe it doesn't make sense to bring certain things up to a higher standard when the overall package is, you know, of a certain era. So, again, it's a piece by piece, case by case basis. I meet with people. I try to give them good advice uh, in terms of getting their house ready so that when they hit the market, they can appeal to the widest segment of potential buyers uh, but again, you don't want to spend a dollar unless you're going to get a dollar plus in return or solve a problem that's getting in your way of selling. So you want to be careful how you spend that money, uh, what you address, what you don't address. And, and so these are, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up, Martin, because with spring and people doing their spring cleaning and getting ready and getting their house prepared for visitors or for sale or whatever it might be, some areas are much more important to work on than others. And when people call me over to get prepared for selling, this is one of the, you know, one of the big things that we do because a little bit of time, a little bit of advice, maybe an hour or two of talking, making calls, maybe getting a couple quotes for things that need to be done. Those are things that will save you the problem or trouble of maybe having an offer several thousand dollars lower because you haven't quantified it. Whereas if we have, a, if we have say, a, a, a little bit of a flooring issue and we provide our quote, you know, that doesn't become an obstacle in the negotiation stage. So, you know, great question, very timely, uh, being a, a spring market, getting your house ready. It's one of the things that I definitely help people do. And then once that property's ready and they've got it staged and prepared for, for sale, I bring my crew in and we do photographs and 3D tours and floor plans. And we get that place looking fantastic for MLS so that the, 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 the potential buyers out there going through MLS see my listings, see my clients' properties. They're priced accordingly to, you know, the competition and we, we get the action. And so you got to get action uh, before you get anything else in terms of offers. And, and a big part of that, having the house looking good. That's what you get with Johnny Smartpoint. JohnnySmartpoint.com is the website, 604-612-0080.
is the phone number. Uh, the email address is john, J-O-H-N, at johnnysmartpoint.com. And uh, John is a realtor, so he, he loves to talk on the phone. Uh, the phone is a valuable tool for him. And uh, one one thing that I always get when I talk to your clients is that um, that it's it's sort of a, it's not a rushed thing. And I always bring up the thing about the swimming pool. You talk to uh, one of your clients and uh, we had him on the air and uh, he they had a swimming pool and you were talking about um, selling, but you 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 weren't he wasn't ready to sell just at that time, but he was thinking about it. And you had the foresight to take a photograph, a bunch of photographs of the swimming pool in the summer. And uh, it was a few months later in the middle of winter when he decided to sell, but you had the photographs. And, and that's an important thing, isn't it, for you when you talk to clients, is that you, um, you don't necessarily want to sell right away, but if, if, if they're planning to sell, you want to be ready. Well, yeah, you know, and thanks for bringing that up as well. It's, uh, that's, I think, one of the benefits to just you know, being in the business a long time, I have, you know, my own, my own team, basically, when it comes to photos and tours and that sort of thing, I don't have to pick up the phone and, you know, and find out when certain people are available. I've got my own team ready to go anytime. And, uh, you know, it doesn't happen every time. It doesn't happen that often, quite frankly, but sometimes people, um, you know, need um, summer photos taken, even though they might not list or they're, they're going to do some sort of uh, work on the property and they want to have the yard in a certain light or whatever it might be. So yeah, I can, I can arrange to have photos done. And in fact, uh, you know, ahead of time, after the fact, we've sometimes gone back because the weather doesn't cooperate. Sometimes you set a date and you say, okay, let's go list this property. And then you get maybe a dusting of snow or the weather is just absolutely terrible. Well, we're not going to let that interfere with our list date because we've got a strategy that includes price and timing and we want to be on the market. So we go out and we do the photos. And then a few days later, or a week later, if we get a nice sunny day, we often come back and do more photos. So um, it's just one small thing really in the process of getting a house looking its best. Um, and, you know, I'm happy to say that having my own, my own team to, to handle these things that, you know, sometimes on the same day, I can have a team come out and do some new photos or update some photos of some things are done because really the whole, the goal of the process, you know, is, is the same for my client and myself. We want a successful sale. We want, you know, the best possible price in terms when those offers come. And, you know, it's a competitive situation. I want my clients to win and, uh, you know, to win on the market. You want to look good. You want to sound good. You want to be appealing to buyers. And part of my job is to create that atmosphere where the buyers who are interested in a certain segment will come and see my listing and hopefully write an offer. And when they do, you know, you kind of got them two thirds of the way in the bag. All you know, all you have to do now is just demonstrate why your value is there. And so some at that point, once the appeal level is high enough for a buyer, the job of, the, of a good agent and seller is to demonstrate, you know, why the value is there on that property and show them the value because they already kind of halfway believe it if they're at that point. Mm -hmm. And really quickly in the last minute that we have, uh, you're a 2% realtor and that, that can be a big advantage for, for sellers. Yeah, that's the, that's the smart point. I mean, of course you want a good agent. You want somebody who can do a good job for you. That's a given. Um, but you know, 
commission rates are, you know, they're, they're not standard throughout the, the, you know, there's, there's various rates, but you know, the, the, the one that you see most commonly is the 7% of the first hundred, two and a half percent of the balance. And me being a 2% realtor, anything over 500,000 is 2% commission. If you're under 500, it doesn't go below 99.50, but there are not that many listings like that out there. But generally I'm saving people, you know, a third of their commission costs compared to the majority of agents they're talking to. So if you want a good agent who will also give you a good deal, value is important, then that's where the smart point comes in and I welcome your call. Johnny Smart Point. JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website 604-612-0080, the phone number and the email address is john at johnnysmartpoint.com. Well, thank you, John. Uh, we will be talking to you in a few weeks and uh, uh, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll be talking uh, a lot more about a market that's uh, really uh, starting to heat up this spring. So thanks for talking to yes. us. Yes. Easter update coming up. Thanks, Martin. Right on. And up next on Vancouver Consumer, tomorrow is a very big day in history for hockey fans in Vancouver. It was a cause to celebrate, and now it's uh, kind of a cause to get a little depressed about at the same time. I've got that story when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. It's another season out of playoff contention for the Vancouver Canucks. So tomorrow is kind of a bittersweet anniversary for Vancouver hockey fans. It's especially bittersweet because we have to go so far back in time to remember a Vancouver hockey team actually getting to hold the Stanley Cup. It was 1915 when the Vancouver Millionaires won the Stanley Cup, and it's 108 years ago to the day tomorrow, March 26th, it's amazing to think back then, it didn't even make the front page of the newspaper when they won the cup. Maybe if they knew how long we would have to go without a cup, uh, they might have made a bigger deal about it. The game played on March 26th, 1915, was the third of a best of five series against the Ottawa Senators, played at the Denman Arena in the West End. About 5,000 fans watched it. The Millionaires had dominated the Sens in the series. They won the first two games, and the final Stanley Cup winning game was said to be not all that exciting as Vancouver cruised to a 12-8 victory for the Stanley Cup win. Each of the Vancouver Millionaires players was given $300, and that team was led by a player you might know, especially if you've bought a pair of skates or some hockey equipment in Vancouver over the past 60 years or so. I'm talking about Fred Cyclone Taylor, the man who started Cyclone Taylor Sports, the sporting goods store. Born in 1884, Taylor is acknowledged as one of the first superstars of the professional era of hockey. Incredible speed, and he was a prolific scorer. He joined the Vancouver Millionaires in 1912 and was given a salary of $2,200. Part of the deal was that he would get a four-month leave of absence from his day job in Ottawa in the Department of the Interior. And that $2,200 salary from the millionaires in 1912 made him the highest paid player in all of hockey. There was no contract, though. It was a verbal deal sealed with a handshake. He would stay in Vancouver until 1922. He would retire 
by that time, the Millionaires had become the Vancouver Maroons. He was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1947. Cyclone Taylor got into politics in the 50s as a member of the BC Progressive Conservative Party. He ran in the Vancouver Centre riding in the 1952 BC general election, finishing fourth out of six candidates. Though in 1952, he was elected to one term as a member of the Vancouver Park Board. Cyclone Taylor did live to see the Vancouver Canucks join the NHL. In fact, he dropped the puck in a ceremonial face-off at the Canucks' first ever NHL home game in 1970. Cyclone Taylor died in 1979 at the age of 94. And he was said to have never drank, smoked, or cursed Cyclone Taylor. Pretty amazing for a hockey player. Never drank, smoked, or cursed. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And when we come back, BC Place wants to give you a break on the price of food at games and concerts. I've got that story and more when we look at this week's Consumer News next. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.